where we break down a question, event, news, or trend. My name is Lizelle from Mavs Digital, and I'm super pumped today because we have our team dietitian, Brittany Bearden, on the pod today. What's up, Brittany? Hey, what's up? I'm glad to be here. Perfect. And we are also pumped because we are now sponsored. Woohoo! by the Dallas Morning News, dallasnews.com slash sports from our local high school sports to the pros. We've got North Texas sports covered and more than just the scores from all the off-season moves to in-season adjustments and maybe even postseason glory. We've got the inside scoop on your favorite teams, players, and coaches. Follow every goal, save, bucket, and touchdown as the Dallas Morning News delivers real local sports journalism from the press box and the locker room. Straight to your inbox. Head to dallasnews.com slash sports now. Woohoo. Okay, so I'm really pumped because I went to school at University of Louisville. I was like a sports administration minor with a major in communications, but a lot of my friends were really into like physical therapy, diet and nutrition, everything like that. So I'm really pumped to kind of hear your story. How did you get to where you're at? Where'd you go to school? Kind of introduce yourself to the Mavs Daily listeners. Yeah, so I am, like you said, my name is Brittany Bearden, and I am the team sports dietitian for the Dallas Mavs. Um, so kind of how I decided I wanted to be a sports dietitian, I grew up playing sports and loved sports and kind of always loved, like, the food, nutrition aspect as well. So kind of thought if I could combine those two in a job, that would kind of be a, a dream job for me. And even whenever I was in high school and kind of decided that, I grew up being a Mavs fan. And I was like, you know what, if I could do this for the Mavs one day, that would be, you know, dream come true. Um, so how I got here, where I am now is I did my undergrad at Texas A&M and worked for the sports dietitians there. And then to become a registered dietitian, um, you have to do a dietetic internship after your undergrad. So did my dietetic internship actually in Dallas at Texas Health Presbyterian. And there you rotate in like clinical settings and food service settings um, and community settings and kind of all through my kind of educational career, um, I always knew I wanted to do sports. So some dietitians work in like clinical settings in the hospital and some work just in kind of food service. And so I always knew that I wanted to do sports for sure. And so always sought out those opportunities. And then from my dietetic internship, I went to Auburn University and worked as a sports dietitian graduate assistant there while I got my master's degree in exercise physiology. And so worked with several sports teams there. And then from there, I got a job at Indiana University. So I moved up to Bloomington, Indiana, um, and worked a couple of years there as a sports performance dietitian and worked with several teams. I worked with the football team. I worked with the basketball team in addition to, to several others. And I grew up in Dallas, and so a job opened up back here. And so several years ago, I took a job um, back here in Dallas, and I worked for a sports medicine company called Texas Health Sports Medicine, and then consult with teams and athletes through that. So when I first moved back, I was working at SMU, so I worked as a sports dietitian there for a couple of years, and then now I consult with the Dallas Mavericks, uh, FC Dallas, and the Dallas Wings. So it's been really cool to kind of see, so I started off in college, college athletics, and so loved working in that environment and with those college athletes. And then now I primarily work with professional athletes. And so it's been really cool to kind of work in different settings in sports. Um, and then I've also done a few other things too. Like I, I'm a sports nutrition contributor on the golf channel. And so I've gotten to do several different um, kind of 
areas of sports nutrition, um, but definitely love, my favorite part is definitely working in the, in the team environment with, um, with athletes in, in the team. That's so awesome. Okay, so it's so cool to hear your story from like Texas A&M all the way to Auburn, those two SEC schools. You get a job at IU and everything like that is very college encompassing. So I'm just curious, like what you noticed, maybe a major difference between dealing with college athletes and that time frame of their life and then transitioning over to pro athletes. I'm just like, what kind of nutrition tips do you tell them? I mean, I think of college and I think ramen noodles and like eating fast food and obviously like these college athletes can't really do that. Or if they do, they're burning it off super fast. So just kind of wanted to hear your thoughts on that, just dealing with the two different, you know, age groups and spectrums. For sure. Yeah. So college, and then, you know, it's kind of being in that college environment too, like college athletes days are, are crazy. You know, they get up at, you know, five or six, they typically maybe have a lift in the morning, then they head straight to class and then they come back and then they, you know, they're kind of back and forth all over campus between lifts, practice, um, tutor sessions, meetings. So they, they just have so much throughout the day. And you know, a lot of times they're busy from, you know, 6 a.m. to 8 or 9 p.m. So mm-hmm. I think in that setting, you know, it's trying to like in, with my experience in the college um, setting, I would just try to make you know, nutrition convenient for them, you know, and, and typically a lot of colleges now have great sports nutrition programs where they have fueling stations and they have training tables and they're able to, um, you know, have good nutrition throughout the day with, you know, post post training recovery, pre-training fueling, the training, the training table. And so trying to make that convenient for them in that throughout their day. And then two, you have, and you see this on any like in, on any level, you have some athletes that are kind of really in tune with their nutrition and really prioritize it and really want to do the best in that area where you have others that could care less. And so yeah. you, have such a wide, you have such a wide range of kind of nutrition habits. And so, you know, whether that's um, on the college or pro level, you kind of have to meet them where they are with their nutrition and just try to help them move in the right direction with it. And so I think the biggest thing that I've noticed with the difference between kind of college and pro is with college, whenever I was a sports dietitian in that setting, I saw the athletes so much throughout the day. You know, I maybe saw them four or five times throughout throughout the day. And I saw a lot of their meals, what they were eating. I had a pretty good grasp of what their nutrition was throughout the day, whether it was good or bad. I had a good understanding of that. And then on right. the pro level, you just have like less time with them. So, yep. you know, they're not, you know, like, that, I mean, that's obviously, that's, that's their job. They're not going to school. They're not going, you know, they, they're not doing all these things. You typically, you know, on a practice day, you know, you're, they're in the building for, you know, four hours, maybe four to five hours, depending on the day. So I see them, you know, I typically see breakfast and I see lunch kind of thing, but then yeah. you just don't have as much kind of control over their nutrition environment if that makes sense and so you know it's kind of trying to understand that in kind of a different way and kind of talking to them trying to get a good grasp of what they what how they're eating outside of uh, outside of the facility which in college athletics you tend to see more of that in person and then pro you kind of have to just understand and get a grasp of that by talking to them for sure so I know exactly what you mean by like 
at practice days when you see them for maybe four hours because that's when they come in they have a lift they practice and they open up for media and those are like the only time pockets you get to see them have you noticed any difference just between like basketball and fc dallas that you also consult with and even like golfers like how does that change across sport even i'm curious yeah, it definitely does. And so with, and I think with nutrition, what I always say too, is there's definitely some like standard nutrition principles that will apply to anyone and everyone. But then of course, when we get into sport and we look at different sports, there's going to be different nutrition needs for every sport. And then even within the sport, different positions, right? So, you know, we're going to be, the athletes going to be using different energy systems for their, for their position demands. And so that's really going to kind of get at what their nutrition needs are. So we have, you know, individual needs. And then I think there's, I've even kind of noticed like trends across sports, you know, like maybe, you know, I feel like basketball players do have a little bit of a different habits than soccer players kind of thing. And maybe they, you know, certain teams or sports kind of have healthier habits, whereas other teams maybe don't have as healthier habits kind of in yeah. general across uh, the sport. And I would say that's kind of a, you know, stereotyping, but, and then within, within the teams, you know, and I think that's where, what I like to do is kind of learn when in those different teams, there are definitely different team cultures. And so learning that culture and learning not only the habits of the team, but then also getting to know those individual players. Cause even with the Mavs, you know, we have like those guys have different kind of, you know, nutrition habits or things that they like to do with their diet or things that they don't like to do with their diet. So really kind of learning those individual preferences and being able to tailor my nutrition recommendations to their preferences and also their needs based on, um, again, how much they're training, their position, how much, how many minutes they're being, they're, they're playing. And then also every athlete has kind of different, different challenges. So, you know, for example, with the Mavs, we have some players that, you know, sometimes have trouble keeping weight during season, yeah. whereas others, you know, may have the opposite problem. So kind of, you know, learning what they need help with the most and being able to help them in that way. Yeah, it's like essentially creating custom dietary like needs or nutritions per player because it's always different every person. I mean, that's kind of when you think about like life and diets in general, like everything can react completely differently to any person. Like I know somebody that's on keto right now, but if I were on keto, who knows if that was like going to be the same thing that reacts to my body, that kind of thing, which honestly brings yeah. me kind of my, to my next question. I just wanted to see your thoughts on just the overall like I know there was a Netflix documentary called Game Changers I'd have actually haven't seen it but a lot of people watching it, it was about athletes and just like completely going vegetarian or you know, not eating meat and we actually did have a player um two players I think in the past few seasons DeAndre Jordan and I think Harrison Barnes they both were all about Beyond Burgers and I actually had one totally tastes like a burger but I just wanted to see like your thoughts on that kind of movement as it seems as the like dietitian and what you thought about it yeah for sure that is definitely a big um big documentary and uh yeah. so it's, that's basically a documentary that talks about yeah it talks about vegetarian and vegan diets and the whole like plant-based yeah. diet movement you know that's such a so a plant-based diet like that's a very broad term and okay. it can be, it means different things to different people so basically like a plant-based diet can mean that doesn't necessarily mean you're a complete vegan so if you're if you are a vegan you know you're not eating any animal products if you're a vegetarian you're not eating meat and then if you can still eat plant-based but still include animal products so you know I think the plant-based movement is a 
is good because it, it's, it's encouraging people to eat more plants, which most people don't eat enough fruits and vegetables and whole grains and, you know, plant-based foods because those do provide a lot of good nutrients. So I think including more plants in your diet is great. And then the extent to which you take that, so if you do take it all the way to like the vegan to where you're not, you're just eating plant-based foods, you yes. know, that can, that can provide the nutrition that you need. It just, depending on your needs. So like your needs are going to be very different than, you know, like Maxi's needs kind of thing. So Correct. if, yeah. you know, depending on that situation, if, if an athlete does choose to go completely plant-based so to where they're vegan, you just have to be like pretty strategic with, with your diet. So, you know, you have to make sure you're, you're meeting your energy demands. So eating enough calories, and then of course, eating the right type of calories to meet that. And of course, the more you remove from your diet, the more, the less options you have to fill your calories with. And so it definitely can be done. It just needs to be done in a very strategic way, especially again, if you're an athlete at competing at a high level, because you want to make sure you're not only getting enough energy and calories, but then also all the smaller nutrients that you need, like, like iron and calcium and vitamin D and all those different things. So, yeah, so I think it's kind of a case by case basis um, on, on that. But again, I think it can be done. But I think you can also benefit from including more plants in your diet, while even if you don't go all the way to the extreme of being a vegan. For sure. I know I definitely can include way more veggies and leafy greens in my diet, which honestly brings me to the last little section I kind of want to talk to you about. And that's just nutrition during COVID. I know that this time is crazy. We had to, you know, stay at home. We had to quarantine. We have to do all these different things, but we are allowed to go to the grocery store. So I just want to know for the average, you know, Mavs Daily listener, maybe not the professional athlete, or maybe they're aspiring to be professional athletes. What are your overall like nutrition tips while we're kind of in this time where we're at home, we're maybe not eating out as much, or we are ordering takeout, but we are also going to the grocery store more. Um, Just any like overall tips that you can give to the listeners so that next time they're in the grocery store shopping around, they're like, oh, I remember that Mavs Daily episode of Brittany, and she said to buy these or, you know, something like that. Yeah, for sure. So I think obviously the past couple of months have been interesting in a lot of areas of life, but then especially with nutrition, because I think, you know, a lot of people are used to eating out and maybe not cooking too much, maybe not grocery shopping a whole lot. So I think you know, the goal, and now that we're still still in it, you know, I think trying to stay healthy, which is going to include a lot of different lifestyle factors, so, you know, staying, staying active, exercising, sleeping, you know, taking care of your mental health, so keeping in touch with friends and family in a socially responsible way, and then, of course, yeah. nutrition. So, with, on the nutrition side, you know, I think it is a good opportunity, because most people, I would say, have more time on their hands, and so, you know, depending on what your current cooking skills are, you know, trying to work on those. You know, learn to cook, cook some things that are healthy, but foods that you like, you know, and I think that's one key to having sustainable, healthy habits with nutrition is like finding, finding meals and foods that you like to eat, but that are also going to benefit your health. And so trying to cook at home and then like when you do cook meals at home, trying to, you know, I always encourage people at meals to build those balanced meals, which are going to include three components. So always including a lean protein source. Um, a good quality carbohydrate source, and then uh, trying to get a, a, a vegetable in there as well. So, you know, then that can, you can kind of have that structure, but then choose what you want those sources to be, you know? So that means for dinner, don't just eat pasta, you know, if you like yeah. pasta, great, have pasta, but then add some, 
you know, add some veggies on the side and then also cook some chicken breast with it um, or some lean beef or, or whatever. So you kind of have that structure, but then you kind of choose what you want from those three things. Um, so I think that's an important part is, again, trying to cook at home a little bit more. And then to do so, obviously, you're going to have to grocery shop to have that. And I think yep. even grocery shopping can be a skill, you know, it's kind of it's learning kind of how to, to grocery shop. And so I think for that, um, and it can seem simple, but again, if you just haven't done it much, it can be, you know, maybe you, you might find yourself running to the grocery store every day if you don't plan ahead. So I think, you know, thinking ahead a little bit and being like, okay, what do I want to cook for this next week or these next two weeks or whatever and plan. And it, of course, it's going to depend on if you're just cooking for yourself or if you're cooking for a family, but plan out, you know, a couple of meals and be like, hey, this is what I'm going to cook for this next week. Pull up the recipes, see what you need, make a grocery list, and then, you know, go to the store and purchase those and you know depending on there's also you know some like budget tips that you can do you know if you can look at wherever you go grocery shopping you could look at the you know that store's weekly ad and see what's on sale that week you know if there's certain meats that are on sale or certain vegetables or certain you know certain dishes that are on sale you could include that in your meals and so doing that I think planning ahead so you have everything on hand and then you can also do things you know one thing I think it can be really helpful is maybe that week, you know, batch cook a protein source. So maybe, you know, you make pulled chicken or, um, or shredded chicken or pulled pork, or you kind of make a bulk batch of protein and then you make different meals with that. So, you know, if you did do the shredded chicken, you could make tacos, you could make a bowl, you could top that with salad, you can make a sandwich, you can do a lot of different things with that and you can do those pretty quickly. So I think, you know, trying to just grow your skills in that area is one, um, helpful thing and then also trying to make it fun you know trying to make nutrition and food fun so if you do have a family you know you can involve you know your kids and kind of the grocery shopping or cooking and maybe you know you have them you know they decide what they want to cook one night and they have they go through that that process of making their list and that kind of stuff so I think you know you can you can add some fun components to that um, whether you're cooking again for yourself or as a family Um, but yeah, I always, I, I mean, I, I love all aspects of food. So I think it's, yeah. you know, making food fun and, and you can even still do, you know, like usually when you cook at home, foods are generally going to be healthier than if you eat out. So even in, you know, if, even if you're making like pizza or different things like that, you can make those like kind of fan favorites still a little bit healthier, you right. know? So I think doing those things is, is going to be beneficial. I know one thing that I was told even like in college and just overall was to always shop the outside edge of a grocery store. Do you think that still like applies? And what do you, I I don't know if you've ever heard that before. I know that that was something that was always ingrained in my mind. Always shop the outside edges. Don't shop the middle aisles. And I'm like, wait, yeah, for sure. And and yeah, that's a very common like recommendation. And I, I would say yes and no. Like, I mean, obviously there are healthy things on the outside. So that's generally, you know, where like, your fruits and vegetables are, that's where your like meats are, that's where eggs, dairy, you know, all those kind of things, which are all healthy items. So absolutely, like I think those should be the, you know, primary items in our diet. But there's also, I mean, there are some healthy things in the aisles. So for example, you know, like canned goods, like canned beans and canned vegetables and, or even like packaged like grains. So like you can get like microwavable whole grains, whether that be quinoa or rice or different things like that. Yep. or peanut butter, almond butter, you know, there are, there are healthy items in the aisles as well. Um, now, I mean, there are some unhealthy items as well, yeah. <laughs> but I think, you know, so I think it's kind of having that mindset of like, 
I mean, yes, there definitely are healthy things on the outside. So definitely include those, but then that doesn't mean you have to completely eliminate all items in the aisles. So, and that's where, you know, if you make your list um, and you can even do, here's like another kind of grocery tip too, is you can kind of like, if you make, this is kind of like a next step for a grocery list, but you can also organize your grocery list by section, you know, so you could put, you know, the the things that you need in, in the produce section, kind of have a produce section and have like, a canned goods section. So that way too, you're pretty efficient in the grocery store, especially now, you know, if we can kind of eliminate, well, and that's where like making a list and doing it that way, kind of it, it decreases your trips to the grocery store and also makes you more efficient in the grocery store, which I think are two pluses right now. So, um, so yeah, so yes and no on that, on the shopping perimeter kind of thing. Yeah, I'm definitely a type A planner. So I love going in with like a list and you even like mentioning subsectioning it like, okay, these are going to be like the dairy products. Do we need cheese or eggs or milk or whatever? Okay, now let's think about the meat. So yeah, my mind automatically thinks like, okay, how can we make this list into subsections and stuff like that? But yeah, it's absolutely like what you're saying is go in with a plan sit down with your family or if it's just by yourself have that list and so I know I catch myself going to the grocery store multiple times during the week and I'm like I bet I could be saving so much more money if I just took 30 minutes to plan on like Sunday or whatever day that could be for people where you just kind of like meal prep and plan and I know that's something I've seen a lot of Facebook friends and people online and I'm just kind of like envious because I'm like oh my gosh you totally planned and I'm here like going to the store on Tuesday night at 6 30 for dinner tonight so yeah Yeah. it's definitely kind of a science to make sure you got it all planned out and whatever you know dietary needs you want to accomplish or do for that time frame but yeah I mean I think that's all we've got right now for today we would love to have you back I mean maybe we've got fans or listeners that are going to kind of listen to this and have questions. So we'll definitely kind of have maybe like a mailbag this next time. But yeah, this was great. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, Any last words to the listeners out there? I mean, yeah, I would just say, well, first of all, yeah, thanks for having me. It was fun. And I would just say, you know, for people out there that are trying to eat healthy or develop healthier habits, you know, I always just encourage people like it's not your diet's never going to be perfect and it doesn't have to be, you know, but kind of just make, try to maintain. Cause I, I noticed that people either they're kind of all or nothing with their diet. So it's like, they're either, you know, trying to eat super, super healthy or like, or they don't care at all. And right. so it's like kind of, you know, finding that middle ground of like, you know what, most of the time eat foods that you know are healthy for you. And then, but that that's fine to also eat things that are not as healthy here and there, you know? So like trying to just develop healthy habits, especially during this time, you know, cause that's going to help just overall help you feel better, whether that isn't, you know, physically and mentally, which are two important aspects of health, especially right now. So I would just encourage you, you know, try to develop those healthy habits and make those habits sustainable to where you can do that. Cause we're all going to be eating the rest of our lives. So yep. doing that in a way that's sustainable um, and healthy and that in a way that you enjoy. So, and that also includes, you know, eating foods that you like, that maybe are not quite as healthy. So um, that would be my, my last piece of advice there. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you again, Brittany. Um, everybody that's listening, rate, review, subscribe, wherever you listen to your podcast, and you never know who we may have next on that thing.